Hello and welcome to What Memory, the podcast for survivors of stroke and brain injury. I'm Stephen Masters and I'm here with Josh Reed. We both had strokes. We want to share our experiences, find out how other people live with brain injury and investigate what's new in brain injury research. We're continuing with our personal stories from where we left off at the end of episode four. We were planning to continue them in episode five, but that would have required planning. And that's why this is episode seven, the homecoming episode. It was definitely difficult. So I, I, once I decided that, right, I was going to get as well as I physically could to get out of hospital. Um, I decided, right, I was like, to do loads of their exercises. So for example, I would, they would, I would have difficulty walking. So I would say, okay, I wanted to, I could walk like a couple of steps on my own unaided, but I was like, can I do three? When I did three, I was like, can I do four? And things like that. So it's just small little goals to myself. I remember setting myself little goals like that. Can I get to the loo with a Zimmer frame? And then yes. can I get to the loo with a stick? And can I get, can I actually stop trailing my leg? And I would sit on the edge of the bed at like six, because they used to get you up at a ridiculous time in the morning, like oh God, six yeah. 30. It's like, what the hell are you doing? And I would sit on the edge of the bed and think, well, I might feed me soon if I'm, but, but until then, I'm going to try raising my right arm up to a level position. And I would sit there and just kind of facially yeah. force my arm to move up. And everybody else in the war would go, he's doing his exercises again. He's, you know, whereas we're, and I was thinking, no, I've got to get out of here, you exactly. know? So it was just like, I remember all the nurses and physios helped me so much. They were amazing. Um, and they sort of, they would task with goals and so I would do okay I'd have hand exercises so I'd do those and then I'd be like right I want to do more I want to do more and they would like after like half an hour they'd be like okay that's it and I was like okay and then I was like bye bye <laughs> and then I'd carry on and yeah, do yeah, yeah. because I wanted to get as well as I could be absolutely to get home um and the big thing I think that helped me was that my stepdad had help, was helping me as well as the doing physio because he he's a karate specialist he's he's he knows how to uh, manipulate joints and That's muscles. That's a good talent to have. It's a very useful talent. Unexpected that karate yes, might in the end help, help you. Yeah, but he he would always do exercises physical. Uh, exercises with me when I asked to do more I was like oh what could I do which might help this muscle and he was like all right okay well you might want to try this and I would I'd find it really difficult and almost like painful but I would try it and I would like okay I can't do that quite yet but I can see how that muscle will work but like just put that in my mind for a bit yeah um don't do it now because you're unable to but just keep it in mind for a later date. And yeah, and then, but he also helped me because I had difficulties with uh, remembering. So I'd lost all of my, I, I guess so, like I had higher functions so I could talk Spanish and French uh, <laughs> very well. Um, but I couldn't at all think of the word for wood. I don't know why. Why? I'd lost the whole ground floor of my... Did you remember other languages? 
Yes. So you knew words. I mean, I was having trouble with English. So goodness knows what. Well, no, I, I, um, because this is an interesting thing that I, I found out is that what you learn when you're in school and stuff like that, you have you store in a different part of your brain than your actual, uh, your actual language itself. So what you learn is is stored in a different part of the brain from what you know instinctively. And right, so if, I lost the two ground floors, like the ground, <laughs> two, yeah. the first and second floor yeah. of all of my uh, therapy and knowledge and stuff like that. But I could remember what I did last week. I could remember what I had eaten three years ago um, in a nice meal. But like I couldn't remember the word, like in, like basic things. So I can remember, yes. you know, uh, I can remember how to say my name. I can remember dates. I can remember anything which I'd been taught for all of my life. And since I, I, I had a very similar experience in that. And I got very um, anxious about what had I remembered and what I... What had I not remembered and had I forgotten that I've now forgotten? Mm. And so what was, you know, what was real? What was, you know, um, just a memory uh, or was it the real memory? And uh, th- that was very disturbing for me. See, see that's the thing. I, I, it, I remembered most of the things that happened, but it's almost like I could remember them. But I couldn't. So I could remember things that ha- happened and I was like, okay, that's fine. But then the next day I'd be like, oh God, I know that something happened, but I can't remember what. And it was like, I can't, I couldn't make new memories, but I had no. to, I had to almost f- force myself to make new memories and push through that sort of like fog and not knowing and being like, I, I know <laughs> yes. there was something. I know yes. I was told something about this. This ghastly fog is terrible, isn't it? It kind of descends on you and you just simply can't see more than a couple of yards in front of you. And then, yeah. you know, what's beyond that little bit of fog? Who knows? I remember they used to say to me, have you taken your medication this morning? I think, don't ask me. I can't remember. <laughs> I know. What, what a dumb yes. thing to say. I'm, you know, you giving me the medicine, that's one thing. Me taking it and remembering that, I don't think so. I can't remember any of yeah. that. So, yeah, that was a weird, very weird time. Oh. I do remember when I was doing my exercises and I had my right hand up as far as it would go, which was just, which was pretty good and mean. And then the nurse came along and said, we'd like a coffee and put a coffee in that hand. <laughs> Not realising that that was the dead hand. Yes. And, of course, the weight of the coffee meant it just shot to the floor yeah. straight away under the weight. <laughs> so that was like, oh, dear, okay. oh don't yes. do that again. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. weird. Yes, definitely. But that's the thing that's like, so because I, I also, my stepdad again, um, amazing. He is, you know, he, he just like randomly talks and asks random questions and stuff like that. And that was so helpful for me. I remember vividly uh, being asked here by him, how does a plane work? And me being like, oh, God, how does a plane work? <laughs> and I was like, okay, so it needs an engine. So I guess that it just shoots the engine and it flies that way. And he was like, okay, that, that's, that's a good guess. Yeah, yeah. But how do you explain 
a wooden flying machine without yes. any engine. And I was like, oh God. And and that's I, pretty high level thinking, I've got to say. I think yes. with my family it was much more, you know, your name is Stephen. Yeah. Okay, yes, I'm Okay. Do you remember your son's name? Uh, yeah, I think I do, just about. Um and so it was very much, very low level. Well, yes, yeah. Because that was the only way they could get past that moment. Because they knew I wanted to kind of get out of hospital. Yes. And I kind of signaled that that's what I wanted. Um, but obviously, there's a lot of difference between wanting to leave and then letting you go. Actually, <laughs> so I was very fortunate in that uh, my family rallied round and. Basically, we came to a kind of conclusion that if they got everything ready at home yeah. for me to live downstairs for a while, um, instead of staying there for probably uh, six weeks or eight weeks, I could probably get away with a month or slightly okay. less than that. So yeah. um, we kind of had that kind of pact, which we, we would try and collectively help me to, to leave. Yeah. And they kept on saying, don't think you can leave tomorrow, Doug, because it isn't going to happen. And... Um, and so they kept putting it off and putting it off. I think, well, are they, is there a conspiracy to keep me in here? I yeah. Maybe there is. And, but it was, it was only with them sort of pointing out that everything was okay at home, that we could live downstairs, there were people there who could look after me. Yeah. Um, so there wasn't on my own, and we'd have the physio and everything coming in from outside, yeah. which is what they suggested. Mm. So physio speech, uh, OT and stuff like that. So that set the scene for me to be able to leave yes. as long as I looked like I could cope with it myself, exactly. which meant not falling over yeah. um, because that was a definite no-no. And in the end, they said, right, with this in my frame, if you can walk to the end of this corridor and back, we'll think about letting you go at the end of the week. Yeah. So at that moment, my you brain like, clicked in. Right. I was off. <laughs> yeah. Not like a rocket. It's yes. like a rocket in slow motion, yes. very slowly. Yes. I made sure I did this because I thought, if I can do this, they said I can go. So there's nothing going to, you know, you can't talk me into thinking that, you know, oh, we've changed our minds. They're going to have to let me go. Yeah. So when I got back, walked back down the corridor, and I got there and I said, that's it. Yeah. And they say, well, we're let you go then. So that was the, the red letter day. Yes, yeah. But uh, there was a lot of time up to then when I thought I could be in here for Whatever, months yeah. and months and months and I, you know, I could start living here and it would be awful. Yeah. And there were people on the ward who were much uh, worse than me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who had very any control of any functions. Mm. And I could see them and I was thinking, God, I hope, you know, is, did, they, did the stroke send them that way straight away? Or are they slowly getting worse and worse yeah. because they're institutionalised on, on this ward? And my big fear was that if I stayed there, I would just always stay there. Yes. Um, that isn't how it works in, in the end. They, no. They're, they're going to push you out as fast as they can. But I didn't realise that um, at, the time, but, yeah. Yeah, at the time. And my fear was, yeah. oh, my God, I'm going to stay here forever. That That's the it. thing. It's like, so I, I was, uh, I couldn't be in a stroke unit. Because I had the transplant to worry about, I had all my medicines to worry about, because, so I had to be with the transplant team. So I couldn't, they didn't know how to deal with a stroke patient. So I wasn't with anyone else who, who, who knew what I was going through. Right, this is awesome. And so, yeah, so I almost, I was in like a worse situation because my transplant, they were able to deal with that very right, well. Right, But so my cystic fibrosis, 
they couldn't help with at all. So they were like, well, you'll have to do this. Yeah, it, it wasn't that I was not seeing people who were worse off than me, but people who were worse off in different ways. Yes. And just getting over infection and stuff like that. So they could talk, they could walk, they could, you know, they could actually talk and say what they wanted, whereas I was there, like, trying to think of the word. Because I, in my memory, I could re- pretty much remember what word I wanted to use, but I couldn't get it from my brain to my mouth to speak it. I found and that terrible. It was like a, it was like a mile away. <laughs> yes, it was a mile. It was it was literally like so far that I was like so it. I was I thought went to my brain. It went down, and then I lost it. Failed to, was. failed to engage with your vocal cords, basically, yes. the thought. I find that incredible because in my mind, I was starting to get more active. Yes. I was coming out of that kind of initial complete oblivion into a kind of state where I was thinking. Um, but trying to communicate was just awful. Yeah. And I'd lost the ability not only to kind of coherently speak in like a form of a reasonable sentence, because I couldn't. Yeah. And I was just kind of going, uh. Oh, like this. Uh, do you want to go tea? Oh, like that. I've, yeah. I'd, I, I'd lost the ability to know left from right. Yes. Oh, God. And that, that, I still struggle with that. <laughs> I, 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 I still struggle with it quite a lot. Yeah. And I still get the words muddled up. Um, um, unfortunately, it does, doesn't have a big impact. Mm. But um, but even at the time, this was a huge problem. Yeah. Because, you know, do you, do you want your, you know, your, your hot soup in your left hand? Oh, yeah. No, no, don't do that. Yeah. Oh, don't do that. Yeah. And then so um, that's not what I meant. <laughs> but, but the problem was, I, I, um, I couldn't understand how I turned from a reasonably active sixty-five-year-old yeah. into a completely inactive virtual vegetable. And, yes. that, and this came as a huge shock yeah. to me. I was thinking, this cannot possibly be happening you know because yeah. I, I used to go to the gym three times a week i was really fit i was kind of doing a part-time job i enjoyed i, I mean i was you know things were going pretty well yeah so the idea that, that all this would come to a, a halt literally in a couple of hours yeah on a tuesday afternoon that i would go from one to the other i was having real problems yeah kind oh, of assimilating any of this and thinking is this going to be like this forever and, you know, am I going to be a virtual vegetable forever? And um, that was, of course, very worrying. Yeah. Because no matter how much exercise I did, I, there was a little doubt in my mind going, I don't know if, you know, if this is going to work. And when they finally discharged me from the hospital and uh, I got wheeled down, because you had to wheel you to your car, you couldn't be seen to be leaving the hospital or the Zimmer frame. You had to be in a, yes. in a wheelchair. So we went to the... Um, stroke specialist in his office and he said and i said to him not very well but in the best way i can um am i going to going to recover from this and he said well about a year and a half two years you're probably going to, to feel you know like a reasonable human yeah. being and i thought two years this yeah. is going to be ridiculous yeah and uh i had a lot of trouble coming to terms with that mm. yeah and then as soon as we got into the car, got driven home, and they put the, the family put the bed downstairs and everything like that. And I thought, well, at least I am out of that place. Yes. 
and then I, I was kind of nesting down. If you see the scene I made, thinking, yeah. oh, this is this is a new life. This is interesting yeah. and different." And they bought me a special kind of hospital table, which went over the bed. So oh really, yeah, and everything like this. They, they were amazing. Yeah, um, they are. They are. Yes, and uh, I thought, ah, this is this is kind of working. Um, and but then I began to think, "Ooh, hang about, this could go on for quite a long time." And then it struck me, "Hang about." If I've got an OT and a speech therapist and somebody coming in like yeah. once a week, um, and they sign me off, is this it? Is this yeah? You know, is this my new life? This is, is this, my new is life. my new existence. Yes. Yeah. Is, is this because obviously nobody could do anything else for me? No. What I've since realised is that unlike a lot of conditions you can get where you get progressively worse. With a stroke, the worst bit is the first bit. Yeah. In the first couple of hours when you have the stroke, that either kill yes. you or put you into a vegetative state or yes. something nasty. But there is always, if you survive it, the only way is up. The only yes. way is out. Yes, and exactly. I, I've learned that pretty quick, is that yeah. I'm not going to get any worse because of the stroke. What I will get is better, as long as I keep working at things. Oh, I've oh, got to yeah. keep, you know, the physio's got to keep going. I'll keep got to keep doing the speech exercises and all that kind of thing. Because if you don't, you you just you fly back and you lose. And psychologically, I think it's very, very bad for you. Yeah. If you, if you do, if you just give up. Oh, I can God. see that a lot of people in their sort of 80s or late 70s who get a stroke think, oh, I haven't got, you know, by the time I've recovered from this, I'm going to be dead anyway. Yeah. So you tend, I can see that is a really hard oh, road God, to yeah. climb to, to get a much What's the word I'm looking for? It's the kind of get up and go. Motivation. Motivation is the word. I knew it was the word, (laughs) but I just couldn't find it. (laughs) Classic. Yeah. um, Yeah, so I can see that a lot of people do give up. Um, But I I haven't done that. I've I've tried kind of to to diligently kind of keep going. Yeah. Um, Even though it's quite, you know, you kind of run out of steam at time and think, oh, Oh, can I really keep, keep up this effort? But um, I suppose it's the only way to go is yeah. the only way is up. Well, that's the thing. It's like, so when I was in hospital, like, I, so my whole goal was that I would get home. So, and then I got home and I was like, well, what do I do now? It was kind of like a, well, I've, I've done my goal. I've, I've achieved it. So, but what do I do now? So it was more uh, a worry when I got home being like well am I is that it is this as you said like is this is this it is this it and then so I was like right okay what do I do now so I need to need because I was I could um because I could go upstairs to my room but it took ages so if I needed a pee because it's only we could only go upstairs um then I'd have to think, oh, half an hour ahead, I'd be like, okay, do I need a <laughs> hmm, Oh, maybe, I'll, I'll, we'll just go just in case. Because, you know, it, cause it, it, otherwise I'll have to go all the way upstairs yes. and then downstairs again. <laughs> so, yes. Um, and it was very difficult. And so I lost loads of motivation um, when I got home. But I... Fortunately, my mum, my stepdad, uh, loads of other people were like almost forced me out of that funk once again and sort of like got me to challenge myself. So I remember walking because we've got a red uh, uh, letterbox right like probably two minutes walk 
And I was like, right, so I'm going to look at that and I'm going to aim for that. And it took me ages. The letterbox walk is what I remember because yeah. there's a letterbox about 200 yards down the road from where <laughs> I live. And so when the um, physio came to see me, she said, right, we're going to go out. I'm going to walk down the street, which is a kind of quite leafy little road. Um, and, you know, is there a landmark down the road? And I said, well, there is a letterbox. We could try going for that. Mm. And um, so we set off. And when I say set off, it <laughs> took us a probably, I don't know how long it took. Yeah. It was almost like half a day to get there yeah. and get back. Oh, God. And I, I was thinking, really? I used to walk past this letterbox, striding around the yes. road, down to the, the river with Nero where I live. And um, I could do it in about half a minute. Yeah. All, yeah. all the way to the river. But now I can only get halfway there to this letterbox and back again. And it takes me half a day. Yeah. And I was thinking, this is, you know, this is a very demotivating moment, really, because you think, is my physical ability so, yeah. so restricted that That's I can only walk, yeah. you know, half half a street in any direction around right. where I live? Of course, that's changed over time. Oh, but, God, yeah. But it was trying to lift my leg and all that kind of thing. You see, yeah. you, the first time we did it, which is the first time I tried a, what I'll call, call a long walk, yes. and, of course, my legs just stopped. My right leg just stopped moving. Mm. It wouldn't lift up. So yeah. I was virtually trailing it along, yeah. and then I would stand on it and move the other. And I was thinking, oh, I didn't realise it was this bad, because in Austin yeah. you only walk short distances, so yeah. uh, then you sit down. Yes. And so I found myself just standing there, and they say, yes, it's quite natural. Your brain is now trying to get up enough steam to send um, the neurons and the, the nerves yeah. to get it to move again, because you haven't lost the muscle mass yet. No. Your muscles are still there. It's just the brain's not sending the messages yeah. to lift the muscle. I thought, oh, I, I had no idea it worked like that. Yes. No, no. So no. this is a complete, you know, a kind of amazing revelation to me is that <laughs> for all of my life, my brain has been sending messages to my legs and arms to do things. This is quite, this is quite crazy. I never realised this yeah. before. And so when the brain stops doing this, no matter how physically strong you might be, no matter how good the muscles are, if you haven't got these messages coming from the brain, it'll just stop doing yeah, this is crazy. <laughs> it's like a weirdo system like I this. I know, I know. It's 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 so difficult. Like I, I'm the same. Like I, my walk. So I I had to use a crutch, and I also couldn't use my uh, left leg properly because it wasted away in hospital. Because right. I I was already very thin in hospital, and it had just wasted away because I hadn't used it. And so yeah, when I was in a coma, so um. I could use my right leg, weirdly, because uh, that's the side that I had the stroke with, but apparently that worked. Uh, my left leg okay, right. didn't didn't work, uh, but it, I could feel it, but it was numb. It had, like it had pins and needles in it, and it was just like, it wasn't working properly. So I, I, the first time I was walking with a crutch and this boot, um, and I was really struggling. So it was, again, it's like probably... 200, 200 meters something like that yeah, yeah. um uh, but it it felt like an hour instead yes. of that to walk that and that was my goal that was like right okay i want to get there as you said like half at half like half like 30 seconds <laughs> yeah. you walk you stride past it that's what you i'm used to whereas like now i was like like snail's pace <laughs> yeah, yeah um but now 
fortunately, I don't even think about it. I, I walk past that and I'm like, oh, well, that's where I, I remember going there. And But then I go to a walk to town and that's like half an hour away. So, you know, it's it's small, small motivations and small pick-me-ups and small goals can give you much bigger goals and you can achieve more in a, a long I think like, I found time. that out the hard way which was yeah. that you've got to have a little goal no matter how small yes and just go for that on the understanding that because the brain is sending messages to the body there's no point in trying to fight through it because once the brain messages stop being sent there's no there's no motivation in the world that's yeah. going to make it make me lift my arm if yes. my brain says it's not going to do it no what it does do is send a message somewhere in, in my brain which says while you can have these messages keep practicing as often as you yes. can and then gradually maybe they will work at some point you have to kind of tease the brain into sending another message yeah and you're practicing sending these messages and that's the bit that you're waking up yes it's not the muscle no. you're sending you're you're waking up the message system in such a way that next time you do it it'll remember it and yeah. start do one more yeah so um i found that reassuring once i found that out that yes. uh, in some way i had a little bit of control in and i think the control thing was important for me yes because oh i felt out of control and i didn't like that at no. all whereas once i realized that the more you try a little bit of exercise another bit of the, the system will wake up and another bit of system will wake up and your brain will start yes. remembering these systems one after the other and gradually the whole muscle will start to be able to move because there were a million muscles yes. in the, in oh, the leg, which I didn't it know is, about. Yeah. I just thought it's a leg. Yes. But apparently there's a huge musculature yeah. which doesn't wake up at the same time. No. So even though the top of your leg might be all right, your knee, no. Yeah. no. And it, it would Sometimes it would just give way. It would just, yeah. I was standing there, and then I could feel it sagging. And I would think, oh, the message is running out now. Yeah. Here I go. <laughs> but I didn't fall over. I would just slump. Yes. And that was the weirdest feeling because it, I, I was just like collapsed like a balloon, like yeah. a balloon figure of myself, slowly melting onto the floor. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I remember once I tried taking something out of the fridge. I thought this is a clever idea. And then I opened the fridge door, knelt down to take something out, and then I couldn't back out. Back out. <laughs> but the door was open, so I was just freezing. And I got more colder and colder. I think this is very, <clears throat> this is very dangerous yeah. because I could freeze to death here yeah. after all of this. That would be terrible fate, really. Oh dear. I remember it's, when I first started driving again after it, and I probably went into it slight, slightly too early, and and I was driving along. And I, I had this feeling I was slightly not quite with it enough. Yeah. And as I was driving, I thought, this is not quite right. Yes. And so I'm going to stop this until my brain gets a lot better because I was feeling almost like feeling drunk. Yes. Um, and so I was not quite in control of everything. Mm. And uh, in a car, you don't want to be. And I, no, <laughs> and I started to realise you have to be razor sharp when you're driving. Oh, God. It uses so many... So many things going on. Sensory experiences. No, this isn't for me. So I didn't basically didn't drive for a year. Yes. Until that feeling went away. Mm. And then when I started feel, feeling a bit less drunk, because that used to... That was the one thing for me, was I was always in a kind of foggy 
drunken hands. Yes, I remember you saying. Yes, and so that doesn't work for me. Yeah. And even now with, with things like reading, um, I can do about a paragraph, Yeah, but I run out of steam. I just yes. can't concentrate. That's Attention the thing. Attention span like, goes. When I try and read, like if I have a paragraph, I'm like, I can read the first couple of sentences with some help. And then I am so tired and so exhausted. It's almost like I yes. completely, I've, I've just got, got up, I've just come out of the coma and been like, <laughs> yes. right, okay, they've got me to read. And I'm like, I can't. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's very difficult. But, you know. What it's... I found is poetry. Okay. Because, yeah, because poetry comes in short yeah, sets short of verses, verses or yeah. not all of them do. But I found I could dip into that much easier, read a short passage yeah. or a short poem um, and feel I've, I got something out of it without without having to engage with a whole book or a whole page yeah. of a book or a whole chapter of a book, which I can't do. Yes. You know? well, no, that, I thought that was, that was quite a revelation. Yeah, actually. well, actually, no, that sounds like a really good idea. I might try that, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I well, might, do it. Yeah, do it. That. So, yeah, because uh, that's the thing. Like, I, I want to improve my reading skills, but I'm also, like, it gets to a point where I'm like, I'm really tired. And so maybe a short burst of like a poem or a line yeah. or something like that might be quite good but now i really i listen to audiobooks a lot i listen to a lot of podcasts yes hence yes. the reason we're doing this um and also a lot of radio programs yeah on bbc sounds and stuff like that i, I, I do a lot of that because that is a, an easier way of consuming because my mind is actually fine. oh absolutely and but i I mean, I've got done into daytime. Obviously, I found out about daytime television. Oh, yes. Which is actually quite interesting. Yes. I mean, yes, I've, yes, I didn't realise so many people got killed in daytime television. <laughs> <laughs> Every, all these shows. Yes. Oh, my God, Buzz. Um, but um, in, in terms of things like um, right, because my right hand was so bad, and I used to always use my right hand for writing and drawing. Yes. Uh, and I, that was completely useless. And that scared the hell out of me because I yeah. thought that's the end of all of that. Yeah. Drawing or writing or anything like that. And I used to remember practicing signing my own name in hospital. What a mess. Oh, yeah. What a mess. Yeah. And I thought, this is, this is hopeless. And I slowly got better. And now when I, in headway, you have to sign in when you go into yes. headway. Um, and... As I look back through their book, their sign-in book, yeah. I can see my original signature from a couple of months back was kind of just the just a really squiggly yes and yeah. really badly written, and I missed a line and yeah. kind of thing. But now it's at least it's all on one line, and yeah. I can spell both names. Yeah, not always correctly. I've no. got to say that's still a hill I've got to climb is to kind of get all this in the right order. Yeah, it's like they. Um, the more common wise joke. I can, you know, I can. I've got all the right letters, but they may <laughs> not always be in the, the right, right, in the right order. <laughs> but it's close enough, you yeah. know. Yeah. And, the, and the style is getting closer to what it used to be. Well, yeah. Well, that's that's something that I really struggle with. So, especially with the, we talk about headway, the book there, um, the sign and book. Like I, because of my eyesight as well. <laughs> that's so I can sign my name. I can do it. Not, it's not like it was at all. It's before. in the book. I've seen it. It's, uh, yes. it's, it's in the book, but it's, it's not necessarily it's in my, the right place in the book. It exactly. could be on a page all by itself. Yes, which or I think is lovely. It could be. It, could, it like that's the thing. It's like so. I put the time, and <laughs> I'm in, and then I put the 
my name in the line bef- like uh, below it. Yes. And it's stuff like that because my sort of depth perception is very off at the yeah, moment. Yeah. Like, to be honest, it's like not too bad if I'm walking and talking and stuff like that. But if I'm trying to concentrate and sign my name, that's when it really gets affected. And I often find that the more I try and concentrate, the worse it gets. Yes. Because I'm trying to force my brain to neurologically do something is just not yeah. not in the state to be able to do it. And then it runs out of steam. And then I'm thinking there's another part of my brain going, well, get on with it. You can do this. Um, but you can't. And uh, that's kind of a slightly strange um, new phase I'm in now where my conscious mind is slightly ahead of yeah. the ability brain. Yes. And so it's always kind of, I'm always slightly disappointed. And this is a weird thing that happens is that you, in setting targets, your brain gets better, but because it's now doing more, you're aware of things it can't do yeah. much more. And therefore you think you're going back. Yes. But in fact, oh, yeah. you are always going forward. And but, it's actually not yeah. possible to go back no. unless you have another stroke. Yes. And of course, that's another matter of yes. as well, which is... No, um, so I, I've heard from another stroke patient who he's, had, he's, had, he's lived with a stroke for... 20 years he was very young when he had it and he's always grown up with it so uh but he he told me uh potentially not not badly like badly but he said okay well actually i'm much better when i'm drunk so when you're drunk your inhibitions are not there so you're not concentrating i remember getting tipsy and uh a glass dropping and me just catching it. Wow. And I was like, how did I do that? And then I dropped it because <laughs> I, I looked at my hand and it, it was the right hand. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what? Wow. And then I dropped it. That's the and bar. Was, the barman's catch, isn't it? The yes. ability to just Autom- like the automatic neural, like yes, automatic, automatic reaction to is, drop glass, is yeah. there. But then when you see it, you, you just suddenly can't do it. Then anymore. you can't compute. Yeah. This is it. And the, there's obviously an instinctive part of the brain, which, with the booze, yeah. I would imagine, which is why some people say they drive better when they're drunk, which is absolutely oh, not God, true. Yeah. But, it's, it, but they think they can. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the, there is a part of the brain that does react faster when it's just on autopilot. Yes, exactly. Whereas if you have a, another part of your brain interfering with that autopilot, you actually can drop the glass after you've yes. miraculously caught it. it. Yes. Which is exactly. strange. Um, and it's, it's also almost with the drunkenness that you are if you're, you're more relaxed generally. So you don't grip things really tough. Yes. That was another thing that I had was that I would hold things really tight. Yes. And I'm now forcing myself to say, that, OK, well, just hold the coffee cup lightly hold the coffee yes. cup this. whereas if i don't think about it i end up being like oh i'm really good you could it. crack the cup yes, yes exactly really. <laughs> and so but it's kind of being like no you can be that gentle but still be secure yeah i think it's the fact that i think that it's going to be insecure if i don't grip it really tightly so yeah i remember i, I had this kind of weird thing where i would think something was going to fall okay. even though it wasn't yeah and I was make a move to try and intervene. Mm-hmm. But, so it was almost like a 
ahead of what I anticipated to be yes. the fall. And I would then grip hold of, the, of a plate. And I was like, why are you holding it? So I, I thought it was going to fall. Yeah. I said, no, it's all right. It's on the table. Yeah. <laughs> so my perceptions were not going terribly well no. in kind of judging the physical state of objects, yeah. which is very, oh, yeah. again, that, that is a very worrying aspect because once you become aware that you are misjudging a situation, you think, how many other situations am I actually misjudging yes. and things like that? Yeah. And, um, and you know, is that painting going to stay on the wall or is it just going yeah. to fall off? I know. Oh, I'm not yeah. quite sure if it will or not. Maybe I should check. Whether that painting is attached to the wall properly, and then you, which is a like, fundamentally ridiculous <laughs> thing, because it's already on the wall. So why would it fall? And off? then, and then you're more likely to knock it off yes. when you try uh, oh, and yes, make so, sure yeah, oh, that it's yes. yes. So yeah. <laughs> If you like to check that your pictures are managing to stay on the wall by themselves, or that your walls are managing to stay behind your pictures, we'd love to hear from you. Email us on whatmemory2 at hotmail.com. That's W-H-A-T-M-E-M-O-R-Y, followed by the numeral 2 at hotmail.com. Or check us out on Instagram at what underscore memory2. What Memory is our personal podcast. Any views expressed are purely our own or the personal views of our guests. We are not expressing the views of any organisation or business. Many thanks to our amazing sound editor and fellow brain injury survivor, Jamie Rutherford, who once again has made us sound great. Okay, we're done. The only thing we know for sure after brain injury is that the future is unknown and daunting, but it's only going to be brighter if we plan for it to be that way. Bye for now.